Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being special guests here on Black Canvas on season six. We have Mr. Joe Altman here with us, and he is amazing. I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm so glad that he decided to be a part of the show. He is an Atlanta native, and he expresses a certain upbeat naivety with a broad smile and bright eyes that makes you feel welcome. One would not guess that this man hailed by greats. Ramsey Lewis describes his piano playing as a joy to behold. Les McCain's states as a man and musician, he is already a giant. Journalist Nate Hinoff championed three of Altman's albums as well as his writing. Joe Altman began at NYU with a BA and a master's in jazz piano, followed by performances with Houston Person, Les McCann, Dick Gregory, and Ramsey Lewis. But there is more to the story, of course. The 21st century has thus far seen yet another transition for this thing called jazz. In one moment, we see the push and pull between tradition and progression, and in another, we see pop and hip hop musicians emulating and sampling. In Joe Altman, we find none of this struggle. The music just sounds good. This fresh and joyful intent is captured on Joe Altman's latest release, The Upside of Down, taken from two live shows at Birdland in November 2019 and February 2020. Joined by Nathaniel Schroeder on bass and Marlon Patton on drums, Altman cruises gently and delightly through timeless selections from Les McCann, Oscar Peterson, and Henry Mancini, and more. And so we're just so glad, Joe, that we have you here on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me and for the nice intro. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I hope you guys, if I butchered any last names or first names, I really do apologize. Uh, so It's a long bio. It's a long bio. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> yeah. But I love that you were able to kind of just share with me your bio because I learned a lot from you. I love the music first off. I think that you're immensely talented but I think that it's just amazing to see how you've been able to work through especially during a pandemic to release music which has one been one of the hardest challenges for many of us around the world yeah well no thank you so much yeah I got I got really lucky that I that that album that you mentioned upside of down I recorded that like two or three weeks before COVID really hit you know New York and stuff and I almost didn't record it but I'm glad I did because it <laughs> you know, gave me a lot to work on during the first few months of COVID. And it also, what was really special for me is that it really, you know, after a few months of not being able to play with people in front of people, just, you know, solo piano is great, but I'd listen back to that recording and it would kind of remind me, you know, this is who you really are. Don't forget, you know. <laughs> I love that. And I think we all need a reminder, especially of positive moments in our life. And COVID necessarily, uh, for some people has not necessarily, I'm sorry, has not necessarily been a negative. Um, I think COVID has been able to give some people an opportunity to appreciate um, the music we have, the friendships we have, the family members that are close to us. And I think we've been more attuned to, especially live performances. I love being able to see people like on Facebook and Instagram live and seeing people perform because I felt like I was in a concert watching, you know, and now being able to hear music again, it's amazing. 
Oh yeah. I remember like midway, probably like October, mid October, 2020, uh, my friend got, one of my best friends got married and we were all at the wedding and we hadn't heard live music and, you know, over six months. And I just remember we're listening to the wedding band and we're all saying, is this the best band we've ever heard? Or is it because we haven't seen live music in so long? So, you know, it's, and it was that, and it was also, uh, uh, you know, yeah, we did have, it was, you know, how fortunate we are that this all happened, you know, this year versus 25 years ago. Uh, and we were able to share this art with people. It was just, you know, 25 years ago, I don't know if we'd have anyone to listen to anything. So it's just amazing that we have these platforms to share our music and engage with fans. And, you know, it was really special during this time. I think, I hope it made people realize how, how, uh, how, how important the arts are to people's lives. I mean, can you imagine the past couple of years without arts? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, I can't either. And that's why I fell in love with your music during the pandemic. So I'll have a few questions for you, Joe, if you're ready. It's going to be some rapid fire questions. It's going to be based on some titles that you might actually know. I'm, I'm ready. And thank you for, I'm glad you enjoyed the music. Really. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, no problem. So the first one I have for you, I'm going to throw you off. We're going to talk about something called more cornbread. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes. So being from the South, I love my cornbread. But can you tell us what is a staple side dish that you cannot wait to eat when you come back home? Well, so my two favorite, <laughs> great question. Um, well, I like the cornbread as the appetizer, but my two favorite sides when I go to a restaurant that has cornbread is usually black uh, uh, black eyed peas and fried okra. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm, yeah. I love black eyed peas, but I also love a good yams. Mmm, <laughs> yes. And I love a good macaroni and cheese. Me too, yeah, well... You know, I usually would just get a plate of all these veggies and put those on there, too. <laughs> right. You're like, well, let's just put it all on one plate. We're going to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And more cornbread was a way of saying Southern jazz without saying Southern jazz. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So that's a really cool way. Of, I love that. That's really cool. Well, well, you know, growing up, I grew up in Atlanta. And to me, uh, all I wanted to do growing up is sound like a New York piano player, whatever that meant to me. And uh after being in New York for so long, I realized that all these these New York piano players sound like they're New York piano players because they are from New York or they have spent a lot of time, more time than me in New York. But there's not a lot of people who sound like they're from the South. So a lot of times people would say things like, man, you sound like you're from the South. And I would say in my head, I would say, ah, I wish I sound like a New York piano player. But it took my time in New York to realize what makes me special is that I do sound like I'm from the South. <laughs> And I love that. I mean, and me being from the South, I don't really have the accent that most people from New Orleans have. So it makes it hard. They're like, mm. you're from New Orleans? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, you don't sound <laughs> like it. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm, I am from New Orleans. <laughs> I, I really am. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I can relate. Well, so what's one of the... Go no, ahead, no, I'm sorry. sorry. I... No, I was just going to tell you that I'm... I'm a rambler, so I do my best to do rapid-fire questions rapidly. <laughs> I'll do my best. Well, we will, we're going to ramble together. That's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, so, Joe, what is the best restaurant that you visited while singing, while performing um, around the U.S.? Can you tell us what's been one of your best restaurants? That's a good question, too. It's hard. I mean, a lot of these places have great food, but I think 
probably the place I play that has the best food, or at least the food I get most excited to eat, is at a club in Hilton Head, South Carolina, called the Jazz Corner. And uh, I forgot what comedian says, you know how good bacon is when they want to make other foods better, they just wrap it in bacon. <laughs> but uh, this this place doesn't do only that, but they do a great wrapped bacon. But I just love this, love playing there both because it's a great place and because the food is just ridiculous <laughs> so you got me aching for bacon right now <laughs> <laughs> you say aching for bacon <laughs> Ache, nice. I'm aching for bacon <laughs> but yeah there's a song so it, it is yeah I, we're gonna make it one right now like i'm aching for some bacon that they just talked about. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah in new orleans we have um have you heard of beignets before oh i love being yeah i love beignets <laughs> So for me, Cafe Du Monde, I mean, that is like literally uh, one of the best places to go. Um, and then there's a place called Mother's, which sells some really good, true, authentic. Wait, I went there. That place was awesome. Yeah, I went there like a couple months ago. I was in New Orleans for a friend's wedding, actually. Really, I mean, that food is, is the bomb. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big New Orleans fan. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of jealous too. I haven't been back in a long time since Katrina. I've visited only a couple of times, but um, you know, oh, I live wow. in Shreveport now, so it's much further um up north and of Louisiana. So it's it's more than a five hour drive. So it's like now I love the food, but I almost need to get the ship because I'm not going five hour, five hours for it. So uh-uh. <laughs> was well, that is that a is that a crawfish territory though, Shreveport? Oh, I'm, I have a lot of Shreveport fans here, so I'm not going to comment on that, but I'm just going to say it's not New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, so I got another fun question for you. Give me the simple life. So what is mm. a simple but essential item you need with you either before performing, during a performance, or after a performance? Mm. That's a good question too. You're good with the questions. <laughs> uh, well, I would say during the during the performance, uh, a very important thing for me to have is a rag. I know this is not an interesting answer, but I sweat a ton, and sometimes the sweat will get on. You know, both I'll start to look like I've just jumped in the pool, but the the piano keys sometimes can get a little slippery. So I need the rag both to wash my to clean myself off and to clean the piano off so my hands don't slide. But uh, you know, after the gig, I love having a little scotch, just a glass of scotch is my go-to after the gig. <laughs> okay. And you know, the funny, yeah. the funny thing, Joe, is like when I was in high school, um, I had to take a, a class where we had to learn piano. And if you ask me right now to get in front of that piano and remember what I played, I made an A in the class because I was good at memorizing it. <laughs> but, and then I got to the point where I didn't even need to read the music. Like I could actually figure it out. But then when it was time for that recital, mm. I'll never forget and getting so nervous. And I sweat a lot, too. So I was wearing this dress blue <laughs> shirt, which by the time it was done, it looked like it was purple. But I was like just literally with towels just wrapped underneath me. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sweating, sweating. And then I got in there and I got it done. And I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And I was, they were like, you want to do an encore? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it, was yeah, a, think... it was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think for me – uh Two of the biggest lessons I've learned is, you know, blue is my favorite color, but don't wear blue shirts at the gigs. I've been wearing a lot more white shirts just because it hides the sweat better. And then 
the other thing is just to say nice to see you to everyone because I say nice to meet you to someone sometimes and they say we met before. <laughs> I don't like making that mistake. <laughs> oh, oh I, I feel you. On that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joseph, we got another fun one for you. So coming home to you, do you mind sharing mm. with us one person who you're excited to see when you come home that supports you no matter what? Yeah, well, uh, I'd have to 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 lump that one person into my two parents if that's cool uh because they have been so supportive and i mean fortunately i actually live in atlanta now so i see them but i remember when i didn't live here it was always exciting they come to all my gigs and you know it's uh it's it's not the easiest career and uh you know it's not always the easy i have a lot of friends who when they decide to become a musician their parents aren't always supportive and I, I am just so lucky to have supportive parents in this uh, journey, you know? <laughs> so shout out, shout out to your parents. What's your parents' names? My mom is Marty and my dad is Richard. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, we love that supportive family members because it's hard to find that, especially when you're pursuing, like you said, a career choice that sometimes can be very, you know, fickle, you know, like you can go out for auditions for mm-hmm. things or, perform and like you say when COVID hit it it kind of changed everyone's mindset on how to to still be creative as well as to still make a living by doing this as a career so I'm glad that you have parents that are not only still around but that support you for sure no thank you yeah it's it's made all the difference I don't know where I'd be without them you know (laughs) that's good so let's talk about the next one don't forget to love yourself Mm. you could create one motto to live by including the word love, what would you choose? Honestly, it might be that title. I'm not trying to cop out, but uh, that's just such an important message, I think. Um, I think, you know, don't forget to love yourself is it. Uh, you know, I think there's a story here. Um, my One of my piano heroes is, is Les McCann. You mentioned him in the bio. And, uh, you know, I kind of grew up idolizing this guy and, uh, couldn't believe when we met and he took a little interest in me. And I thought, you know, uh, this is amazing. Not only am I going to get to know one of my heroes, but I'm going to get to learn how to play like one of my heroes. And in getting to know him, I uh, realized that I'm never going to play like him because we haven't lived the same life, but I have a pretty cool life. So I got to lean into that a little bit more, but his whole message to me has been, you know, (laughs) love yourself, love yourself. And, you know, I really, that's, that's it for me. Um, I, I don't, again, don't mean to comp, cop it out, but, you know, I'll just share really quick too, if you don't mind that, uh, sto- that song, uh, you know, so Les is, had a big hit and called compared to what a lot of other great songs, but Les is okay, but he's in a rehab center and, uh, we, he doesn't have a piano. And when he has an idea for a new song, he calls me and says, you know, here's what I got figure, you know, cause he, he can't play anymore. So he called me one day with an idea for a song. It was actually he's from Kentucky and he wanted to rewrite the state song of Kentucky. Cause he cannot stand that song, my old Kentucky home. Cause it, it it's uh, you know, it has the word darkies in it and it's just not, you know, it's, it's kind of a racist song. Truthfully. And he's wants a better song for his home state. So he said, I got this song and I think it could be the new state song of Kentucky. So he played it for me. He sang me what he had. And then he said, put your thing on it. So once I put my thing on it, he said, he listened back to it. He said, man, that's beautiful this is not meant to be that state song. This is just supposed to be a beautiful ballad. So he said, think about a title. And, you know, I thought of his, his voicemail before he went in the hospital was always, hi, this is Les. Give me time to get to the phone, but don't forget to love yourself. And so 
that's where that came from. But to me, that's the motto. And I know I just rambled that for about three minutes of a rapid fire question, but that's it. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm glad you gave us a backstory because I would have never known that, that that was the premise mm-hmm. behind the title. But I think that's great because I think that many of us, we forget to like ourselves before loving ourselves. And that's a, a hard challenge. But I think when you realize the importance of love, you have to know how you define it within each relationship that you build because we we all have relationships that we, we can lose sight of due to, you know, either the loss of energy and time that we once had. So I love that you said, hey, I, I don't want to forget this because this is important to me. Totally. You know, I mean, I just have so many people. So I know so many people who, who are in a relationship that they think is great and you know, the truth is they're kind of relying on their partner to bring them happiness. But, uh, you know, to have something where you know who you are and, you know, if you're if you're happy or even if you're not happy to let someone into your world versus versus, uh, uh, um, you know, counting on them to to make your world uh, will make all the difference, I think. But so, yeah, loving yourself is huge. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, I, I love that. So I want to ask you a question as relates to your first music teacher. Do you mm. remember who that music teacher was and what lessons did you learn from him or her that you still use today? Yeah, I do. I remember uh, I actually ran into her at, this, uh, at a gig a few weeks ago. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I remember um, I remember I don't remember too much because I was really young. I basically asked my parents for lessons when I was like three or four. And I have no idea why. And uh, uh, they got me the lessons. And, you know, I remember she was just really encouraging. You know, there's I realized that there's so many there's different kinds of just to me, there's been two kinds of teachers. There's been teachers who uh, scare you into practicing and teachers who inspire you to want to practice. And I've had the teachers that scare you into practicing. Like, you know, if you don't practice, they're going to come and hit you with their ruler um, and I think that if I'd had a teacher like that first, I don't know if I would have stuck with this. Um, so it was good to have a teacher that I know, even though I was young, I know she saw something in me and she was encouraging. I don't really remember like the specific pieces we practiced, but I just remember that she encouraged me to play and to, you know, have fun with it. So that's, that was big. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had a lot of teachers. That's awesome. <laughs> and you remember yeah. her name? Yeah, Ms. Zakoff. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ms. Zakoff, for doing that. I think that's <laughs> important to, to have that. I mean, I think people forget that. And I, I always make the statement of teachers sometimes do not get the credit they deserve um, because totally. they, don't, they don't get the opportunity to see maybe that student 30, 40, 50 years down the line to see who they can become. But we wouldn't have the presidents. We wouldn't have senators and and you know, artists and people today in the careers there are in if they didn't have that tutelage from someone who they trusted and who spent time with them to help nurture their talent. So that's great. Totally. That's yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, people always ask me like, you like this kind of music? Like, how did you hear that kind of music? And people, first of all, I think people always assume that the people who influence you the most are the, you know, the people who came before you, um, the people you listen to. And people kind of are shocked when you say, you know, my classmates influenced me the most, you know, because they spend a lot of time with their classmates. And, uh, you know, there's just, um, uh, you know, yeah, teachers uh, have been so helpful. But also, like, you know, I, I had a friend who was a, a great journalist. His name was Nat Hentoff. And uh, 
he would write liner notes, uh, which is basically, if people, for people who don't know, it's like if you picked up an album and you looked on the back, there would be notes. And he would write these notes. So, like, you know, I'm saying this uh, because I think they don't get enough credit either. But, I mean, I would spend hours as a kid at, like, Tower Records or the record store, you know, seeing what I, you know, just browsing records. And basically, I would see how he would write about these albums on the back of them. And I'd read it and I'd say, I want to check this out. <laughs> so, it was really, it's not just that, you know, um, you know, uh, I somehow discovered Miles Davis one day and I was on my way. It was, you know, really thanks to the way he wrote about the album Sketches to Spain on the back that made me want to pick it up. Just like, you know, some of my friends who I was in school with have influenced me, you know, just as much as some of my teachers. I think there's, you know, friends, journalists and teachers that definitely don't get enough credit for helping out, you know, helping expose and educate all these young musicians you know and i think that's why you're here as well because you get help to breathe life into their work and to give a voice to them because there are a lot of people who don't get the recognition like i'll use an example we talk about like ghostwriters and people who've written songs mm. for a lot of major artists um and then you find a later wait that one that artist didn't write that song and you, you just can't believe it mm. but i think like that's when you really sit down with someone and you have really picked up their vibe and how they want to be presented and you can sometimes write songs and you're like, wow, I can't believe this person wrote this for me. But I think like that just shows how creative a lot of people are and, and they can use it in different ways for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, can you hear me? I'm sorry. I might have had Oh yeah, I can weird... hear you perfectly. Okay, good, good. Something just had happened, but <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, you're right. We all no get our problem. inspiration from different places and <laughs> it's good to recognize it. That's true. So speaking of recognition, mm -hmm. What accomplishments do you see yourself achieving in the next five to 10 years? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> honest, to be totally honest. I'll say that uh, I used to really set goals. Like this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and then basically all we do is we work our hardest and it leads somewhere. <laughs> so basically I'm, and, and then, so what I'm trying to say is that, Basically, if all I did was when I was 20, 20, stick with the goal I had for when I was 25, I may have gotten that goal, but I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm happy with where I am today. So it's hard to say like what I really want to accomplish other than I want to play, you know, play music and write music and make music that I that makes me happy. It makes me feel fulfilled. Um, so rather than just, you know, try to create a goal and try to accomplish it, I basically just stay open and work really hard and see what happens. <laughs> that may not be a good answer or a good uh, motto for some people, but it works well for me. <laughs> just work hard and take, say yes. I think it's a great yes. model, Joe. <laughs> I think it's a great model for you because you, then you don't put added pressure on yourself to have to meet a goal. And if you don't meet the goal, then some people, they count it as a loss. But I feel like just even attempting to do something that's out of your comfort zone and just doing it, even if it's only 50% of you, that you felt like you put into the project, you know, you can always revise it and ask other people to assist you to make it a hundred percent. So I think that's great that you're saying, Hey, I'm just going to just do the best I can and hope I'm still playing and take it from there. Well, yeah. And I know I'll still be playing. I just don't know. You know, I think like, I know people who are like, man, in five years, I'm going to win a Grammy. Like I don't necessarily, that doesn't, that's not as important to me as just, you know, uh, <laughs> 
uh, getting to getting opportunities that, you know, make me happy. <laughs> and uh, I think that if, if I, if, if I had, if I was 20 years old, knowing what, ha- where I am now, I might count some of this stuff as a failure because it wasn't accomplishing some of the goals that I had when I was 20. But by the time I was 23, I had new goals. <laughs> so just work hard and see where it leads, you know? I agree with that. I think working hard is important. It kind of leads into my next question. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Joe? I would say uh, <laughs> probably that all the stuff that you've 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 for- already forgotten about, all the stuff that stressed you out. So try not to worry about it because you don't even remember it by now. <laughs> i really love that answer so i have two more sets of questions for you so the first one is if you could only play one cd for the remainder of your life which one would you choose and how do you think the cd would positively influence you as a musician Mm. well uh i think I would probably have to go, I think, I think, and this could change tomorrow. But today, uh, my Desert Island disc would be um, the the recordings of Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. I just love them together. And I love just how happy their their, their thing is together. I think, uh, I think if, if that was the only disc that I could listen to, I think it would, it would just remind me that, um, you know, something that Ramsey Lewis, the pianist uh, you mentioned earlier in my bio too, is in one of my biggest heroes has really impressed on me is that technique is meaningless, but it's only a mean, it's, sorry, technique is necessary, but it's only a means to an end. And the, the end is music. So I think, you know, listening to Ella and Louie play and sing together so much would always remind me to make music. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can practice, but you don't want to play on stage. You know, it's, meant for the practice room uh i heard uh and i'm not saying this is a braggy thing i'm just saying this is it was a big moment for me i met the great george benson i got to play for him and he he told me you play good and you sound good and there's a difference and that was huge for me because there's a lot of people that play good but they don't sound good and i'm always wondering what what am i missing but he kind of illuminated that for me to me that they played good but they didn't sound good and to me ella and louis sound is as good as you possibly could it would be a good reminder to always remember that music is the goal it's not what can my fingers do or you got to reach you got to you know touch people (laughs) reach out and touch so i think that their music would help would be a great reminder to do that reach out and touch someone's hand make this world a better place if you can right <laughs> yes yes that's it 100 <laughs> percent. Okay, all right joe so the last two questions i have i'm gonna combine these last two um how can our mm. listeners find you online and what is next for you yeah well so i think in terms of finding me online i think i'm on all the things i know there's a new thing every day but i'm definitely on you know, all the social media apps that I'm aware of as Joe Alterman, at Joe Alterman. And I've got a website, joealtermanmusic.com. I'm on Spotify, all that stuff, Amazon, wherever you wherever you uh, make your music purchases. <laughs> um, but next for me, um, I am heading out on a little tour of a bunch of places in North Carolina, South Carolina next week. And then after that, I'm actually working on a solo piano album right now. Basically, it... Uh, uh, you know, early on in COVID, uh, 
I uh, did this thing with people, you know, with people on my Instagram and Facebook. I did this thing called Pajama Jams where I'd be in my pajamas and I would arrange songs that I thought would bring people comfort. Things like You've Got a Friend or You've Got a Friend in Me or Lean on Me. And people really seem to like them. So I basically recorded them about a week ago and I'm working on getting it out as an album sometime uh, before the end of the year. I don't know what it is. It's just some, there's no improvisation. It's just really my arrangements of songs I love. Uh, so I hope other people will too, but I have no idea what to call it or anything, but I guess figuring that out is also what's next. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear it. And, you know, I'm going to be here supporting you 100%. Uh, man, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's like so nice of you to reach out to me and to listen to music and talk to you. It's a treat. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Joe. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, we thank you, Joe, for being a guest here. I would love to have you back on my second podcast, which is called Space Between, where you'll be able to perform your music live if you prefer to come back and we would love to hear you. Oh, yeah. I'd love to, definitely. That'd be fun. Well, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So I would definitely set it up with you very soon. And maybe August, September, we'll get a date and time and have you back on very soon. But you keep on doing what you're doing. I think you have a great personality. You're amazing at what you do. And you're going to yeah. help change a lot of people's lives. And you just keep being who you are. And people are going to connect with you. Uh, I mean, that really means a lot. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Joe. And I will talk with you soon. And we thank you so much for being on Black Canvas again. Of course. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay, you too.